Hi everyone, welcome to It's All Light. I'm your host, Natalie Baugh, and today joining me is McKenna Bascom. Hi. <laughs> McKenna, do you want to tell them how we know each other? Yes, so Nat and I met five years ago, actually, like right around this time in fall 2017. We both were in the BYU Jerusalem study broad group, so... It was really fun. We were in the same classes together and just spent a bunch of months together learning mm-hmm. about the Holy Land and the, the best. Scriptures. It was so fun. <laughs> oh, McKenna was one of my first friends. We sat by each other on the plane flying to Israel and she was already down to make boomerangs with me and take all these <laughs> silly pictures. I remember what you were wearing too, probably from pictures, I remember, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And we became fast, fast friends. So I love McKenna so much. And I'm so excited that she's on our podcast today. You are going to fall in love with her. She is one of the most light-filled people, persons, people that I've ever met. So a little bit about her. She's from Eagle Mountain, Utah. Her favorite food is chicken Alfredo pizza and fried rice. And her favorite animal is a moose. (laughs) And if you know McKenna... Um, she's really small, not small in a bad way, but she's five. Are you five, two, five, three, yeah, five, one, five, two around there. And her nickname in Jerusalem and in her life is little nugget, little chicken nugget. <laughs> so we call her McKenna, our little nugget, <laughs> little nug. And it, I don't know, she just makes everyone happy around her. And I'm excited for us to hear from her and what she lights up about. But before we jump into that, I just want to ask her about her few favorite things from the month of August. I can't believe August is already over but kind of let's hear something that you love from the month of august or some Um, things okay (laughs) august has been really fun very eventful um something really fun at the beginning of the month is i went to lake tahoe with some friends Mm. and that was a dream it was so beautiful and perfect weather and we just got to go swimming every day and hiking and played games and disc golf and I just loved it. It was so fun. And that's a hint to one of her passions is being outside. We'll get there in a minute. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. So I was really happy then with that part of my month. Um, pretty much the rest of the month was pretty busy. I moved out of my apartment and I actually just barely moved to Washington, D.C. for the semester. She drove across the country. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I really want to drive across the country again anytime soon. I mean, I will at the end of the semester, but it was really long. But it was fun. So fun. (laughs) So what grade are you student teaching? I'm doing second grade. Second grade. All those kids are so lucky. Oh, thank you. (laughs) So McKenna's taking a little hiatus in D.C., but if you're there, be sure to say hi to her. And now we're going to jump in to what do you light up about? So one of the things that I feel like I light up about a lot of things and a lot of things make me happy in life, but kind of what you said already, that um, one of the things that brings me a lot of joy in life is the outdoors and nature. Mm-hmm. Amen. <laughs> so yeah, I just love it. I Ever since I was little, I've always loved being out in nature. My dad um, loves hiking and um, being outdoors a lot and so growing up I have a lot of fond memories like hiking and being with him and my both of my grandpas on both sides love hiking also 
So we just will go hiking and we call it the deep woods in Logan Canyon by Bear Lake or mm. we'll go down in southern Utah or in the high Uintas, um, lots of backpacking out there. So, yeah, I just love how just seeing like the creations of the earth and it really like helps me feel close to God and like helps me feel of his love. So that's one reason why I really like being in nature. Oh, I love that too. I can totally relate. I had a similar childhood backpacking, camping. And I, when you get over the fact that there's spiders and bugs and mosquitoes all around you, it's so fun. And even with those things, it's still so fun. And I get how you, you just, you can feel just so peaceful because you're in just a place that is so beautiful without humans doing anything about it. You know, like it's just there for us to enjoy. And I think for those who don't love being outdoors, you can still find beauty and even going on a walk in your neighborhood and looking at the mountains from a distance. Like you don't need to be in them to appreciate them. But why else do you love them? Or what do you think, how has that love for nature and being outdoors translated into your life? Um, I think for me, kind of how I said that I, growing up, I'd go hiking with like my dad or my grandpas or then as I've gotten older, like with the rest of my family and with friends, I feel like it's a really good opportunity, like being going camping or hiking to like connect with people without like the rest of the worldly distractions. Because I kind of sometimes get um, stressed and worry about things like going on or all these things I have to do. But when I am like up in the mountains, I just feel much more um, peaceful and like just more like my head is cleared and I just have so many fun memories like with family and friends being up in the mountains and spending time together that's like not that we're not distracted that we're really able to focus on each other Mm -hmm. and one little example I can think of specifically was um I'm sure I know I went hiking a lot when I was little before this but one of the earliest times that I really remember was hiking Mount Olympus in Utah with my dad and my grandpa and I was pretty little and I had this little shirt that was like mountain girl or something (laughs) and I I remember people like passing me on the trail and they're like wow like how old are you and I was like seven or eight or something and they were just like wow like that's crazy you're doing this but I just was like felt like invincible because I had my dad and my grandpa there to like protect me and mm-hmm. help me along the way and it was just I just feel like I've had so many fun little special experiences like that like just that special bonding time so oh I love I, that yeah I also think like just getting outside with friends and you're not looking down at your phone because you're looking at where you're stepping and you're looking at the view it really does eliminate those distractions so you can focus on who you're with for me, sometimes like solo trail runs, my mind just becomes so clear as I'm just working on something a little bit more difficult and like pushing myself. But I love that the outdoors is is a way to build connections with others. I think that's so beautiful. I had another thought. Let's see if it'll come back to me. Oh, also when you're doing hard things with people, like hiking temp with my friends, like no matter who you do it with or who you meet along the way, like as you hike up a mountain together, it's hard and you're tired 
but you keep chatting and you keep just pushing and you get to know each other. And then when you accomplish something hard with someone, that automatically builds a connection. And I just think that is a, a beautiful way to build connections. And there are easy hikes for those of you who aren't super gung-ho about this. And there are ways to be in the outdoors and get grounded without hiking a mountain. I think about my sister with her little baby. He's about five months old. She would take him outside and let him feel the leaves on the on the bushes or like put his Aww. feet on the grass because it's grounding mm. to be barefoot on grass and, and really just just take some deep breaths and meditate because there's less distractions and you can just enjoy beauty for what it is. What helps you feel grounded when you're in nature? Um, yeah, I feel like kind of just taking a moment to be still and like there's so much happening in the world and like my to-do list like never ends but I just feel like it's good to like have some time to remove yourself from everything and let yourself like really remember okay what's my purpose like mm. what am I doing why do I want you know and every time I go in nature it's not like I have this deep like epiphany self-reflection <laughs> you know but I feel like it is like a time to really be able to think through things, gather thoughts. And I agree with you, like something about it's just easy to be active when you're outside because there's so much space. And so I just feel like it's a way to like connect with yourself and be like, I don't know, it's just really, I just really like being outside. And I think that's cool that your sister does that with your little <laughs> nephew that's so precious it is so it is so cute but yeah as you were talking it's kind of an indescribable feeling when you're in nature even like I think it was last night I was up in Midway and I was there pretty late working and walking outside just looking up at the stars I was just in awe like no matter how many times I look up and see the same few constellations that I can point out like I'm just still in awe no matter how many times I see a planet shine up there like it's just still so amazing just to look up at the stars and I don't know I try to trail run frequently Kenna and I've been a few times together and it's hard (laughs) and we end up walking most of it because I mean it's just hard and that's normal in trail running but it's fun because you just feel there's like moments when I'm trail running and it's kind of like on a flat or like a slightly downhill where I'm just going and feeling the wind kind of blow through my hair and just bounding off these rocks. Like you just feel empowered. And I love that nature can bring you that empowerment. When have you felt that in your life? Um, well, I, you, when you were saying that, that kind of made me think of um, like times when I feel empowered, whether it's just like any time in my life or with like out doing like, active stuff is um like kind of anytime you like push yourself out of your comfort zone like I feel like there's I mean it's kind of I feel like we all know this but it's like putting into practice like you'll be able to grow and times when like maybe I've been rock climbing or Mm. trying like I ran have done some races or like trail running like things that are like fun but also can kind of push you mm, I feel like that's when I've been that. able to feel empowered like and you know trying something new it, it's just fun yeah and there's so many ways to get outside 
I'm just going to start listing a bunch just to give you some ideas. Um, while it's still great weather, just trail running or just hiking in general. But you can also go paddleboarding, go walk along the river. You can just go hammock in the park. And let's see what else. I had a whole idea. And well, as winter comes along, you can grab snowshoes and you can rent those places, bike rides, mountain biking. There really is endless opportunities to get outside. And like it starts with just going for a walk and, and building it up there. But yeah, like you said, getting out of your comfort zone. For me, I've only rock climbed a few times outside and it is so hard and so scary. Yeah. And mountain biking too is one of those things that I want to try to push myself more to. But I'm like, why bike it when I could just run it? <laughs> because bikes, I feel like I've gotten hurt. So but yeah. that's it. It's motivating to try again to do it. But I think there will be natural setbacks just as you're trying something new. But just having grace with yourself and still appreciating the beauty around you as you go through it. Yeah, totally. I agree. Any other last thoughts about the outdoors and nature? I don't think so. I I love how you gave examples. And I think sometimes for myself, I'm like, I have to go on like all these hikes and do all these things. But even just like going on little walks or going, having a little picnic on some grass. I feel like that's just like nice to kind of have a little refreshing change of scenery, you know? Yeah. I agree. Yeah, it really could be anything and you can meditate wherever, but when you're like excluded from the normal world, I think it really does just create a special special place in your heart and a special place in your life if you give it a chance. So, that's our little segment about the outdoors. McKenna has a few other passions that we kind of wanted to talk about today too. That involves learning about other people's favorite things and passions, education, and learning. So as you heard in her intro, McKenna is a teacher, and I I know a little bit more about her background of working with people, and I'm so excited that we get to hear some of her experiences. So give us a little intro with this passion, and then we'll dive deeper. So, yes, <laughs> one of my <laughs> passions is education and learning. Um, Ever since I was little, I've always loved going to school and I've been curious about the world. And um, I had really great teachers growing up that inspired me and helped me to want to learn more about things. And um, that's really what kind of pushed me to be a teacher. So I'm in my last semester right now of student teaching, and in December, I'll be officially done. And looking for jobs so that's exciting but Miss Bascom <laughs> yeah Miss Bascom that's so everyone fun. always calls me Miss Bacon because you know, <laughs> that's it's awesome. hard but it's okay I Miss Bacon's fine so you said you remember a lot of your teachers growing up and you've always loved school what are some qualities that you think make a great teacher well that's a really good question I feel like the teachers I had who I felt really cared about me um, were the ones who, like, I mean, it's just kind of like with anything in life, they were, they weren't just doing things like out of obligation or out of routine, but they, you could tell that they really were interested in my life and the things I was interested in. And they really tried to 
um, cater their teaching to fit my needs and like my classmates needs, Mm. which I thought was really helpful. And I mean, at that point, I was so little, I don't think I really understood all the logistics of things. But I just could tell that like, they were passionate about learning and about like reading and writing. And that like made me feel excited and made me be like, oh, yeah, this is so awesome and fun and cool. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like just like, even if maybe they didn't really like those subjects that they taught, um, they faked it till they made it. And they like helped inspire me to be excited about them. And I think that's a really good um, attribute is just being like having good attitude and cheerful regardless of the circumstances, I guess. Oh, I think that's beautiful. As you were talking about that, I mentioned this, I think, in the trailer of my podcast about my art history teacher in high school and just Mm -hmm. how her passion and her love for art history and everything she did and how she taught and how she cared about every one of her students, like, changed so many lives, even if people didn't end up studying art history in in college, but, like, half of them did. She would convince everyone to study it. And just the way she, her passions translated into a dual, like, a dual passion of helping her students success and find their own passion for it, like piggybacking off of her love for it. And I, she taught me how to not only love art history, but how to write good essays and, and really analyze. And, and like those skills transferred to many of my other classes later on in life. So I think an effective teacher is all that you said and just helping, helping the individual And then I think the best part about like teaching, I taught at the MTC and it was probably my favorite job ever, is when you can can ask the right questions and and frame like a concept in a way that they figure it out in their own minds themselves. And then you see them figuring it out. And then once they get it, you're like, wow, they they did it. They learned it. And then they put it into practice. Do you have any experiences like that? Um, Yeah, I feel like there's been different times like being able to teach um and see that like kind of light bulb go off and that's like one of my favorite things ever that's one reason why I love teaching so much is just seeing how like when something clicks for someone and one example that I can think of right now is um during so at BYU you do two semesters of what they call practicum which is like pre-student teaching and then Obviously, I'm doing my student teaching now. Um, And so last semester in the winter, I was teaching in a fourth grade class. And they um, were learning about long division and then like um, adding fractions and starting to work with um, fractions more. Mm -hmm. And which is kind of a tricky thing to introduce to kids just because it's hard to they have to kind of get a picture of what is like yeah going on you know because like they're not like whole numbers yeah um and so we started te- teaching this lesson and it's kind of like the format is th- you kind of present a problem and then they um like a math problem and then they have to kind of solve it their own way and then you have them come up and show each like way that they solve it and huh. Interesting. I thought it was so cool to see how like the progression of their thinking and like 
how they all were right but like some think he was just being was like a little more developed than others but they were able to teach each other mm-hmm. rather than me being like okay this is how you do it like step by step and then I did that eventually but after they had kind of like learned and taught themselves like the steps of like how they would be adding these fractions together or like what the fraction answer would be and it was just so cool to see them be like around and like observed like as they like were doing their little work and drawing pictures and Mm. like solving it and it was so fun to see them like sitting there and they're kind of thinking and then they're like oh get an idea and like hurry and erase or like write something down and I was like oh it's just so cool to see their little minds like working and like learning it out in real time so that was just so like such a special cool little experience and like there's been lots of little times like that, but that's like one time that stood out to me. Oh, I love that. As you were talking, I'm sitting here like, I don't think I even know how to add fractions. <laughs> <laughs> I'll teach you. <laughs> but then you said drawing it out. And I was like, oh, if I were to draw it, I could add them. So instead of the the number over a line, like, mm-hmm. I don't I want to refresh my elementary knowledge. <laughs> Honestly, I I love learning too. And I remember, I think it, it must have been second or third grade. You know, every week we would do like a new times table. And then you would like, once you passed it off, you'd move on to the next one. And like, we'd be timed or I don't know, it just felt like a race. Yeah. And I mentioned this in the competitive episode um, in one of the prior episodes, but like, it was so fun to just try to be so good at these times tables. And my mom, yeah. my mom would play times table songs in our car. And I found it on Spotify. I have a whole playlist about like my future children, like songs for my future kids. And the multiplication songs are on there. And I still like could sing half of them to you like 9, 18, 27, 36, 40, 54. Come on, let's sing some more. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so, you know, <laughs> I could things. keep going and I still, I don't know, I still use, sing that in my head when I need to do quick, quick multiplication. But I feel like there's so many ways to make learning fun. And when you find a way that's fun, like it, it sometimes lasts forever in your brain longer. I, I know I just, that was redundant, but. We talked about what, yeah, we talked about what makes a good teacher, but what makes a good learner? Like ever since we're babies, like learning is something we have to do every day and through every experience, like even watching my little nephew figure out how to sit up on his own, figure out how to roll over, figure out how to put things in his mouth and toys. And it's so cute to watch him just sit and stare at things and figure out what to do and how to use his hands and and tongue and I don't know it's just so cute watching these little minds figure it out and so we're set up to be learners as babies then we come to school and we have these teachers help us learn but what helps us learn I know like maybe this is more middle school high school thinking of of like um, self um, reflection of how you can be a good learner but what have you learned in your experience um I think yeah I feel like it's like in our DNA to like learn and to be curious and discover things and I mean like in my own beliefs I believe that like we're here on earth to learn and like grow through life but I feel like so I guess what I'm saying is I think everyone like desires to learn and gain knowledge deep Mm -hmm. down even maybe if they don't like really 
demonstrate that at times and I've like found in my own life like working with kids and different people that people sometimes maybe struggle with learning and or different things are hard for them and that's why they're like oh I'm not good at this or I don't like it but if they get the help they need or if they get the support or encouragement then it makes it easier and better for them and hopefully a amazing experience but I think what helps make a good learner is um yeah I guess something I'm trying to work on myself is not being afraid to fail because mm. that's like how we learn is like scientifically like when we make mistakes it like sparks our brain kind of like it does something so then we realize okay I like your brain automatically is like okay that wasn't the right thing then makes adjustments and mm. that's how you learn like in your brain and I think so, of like I think of like Thomas Edison trying to create the light bulb right didn't he yeah, fail a thousand a times spark. before yeah and then yeah I don't know he failed way more than he finally figured it out but keep going so yeah I guess that's that's basically it I think it's the people that are maybe the best learners are the ones that are just not afraid to fail. And I'm sometimes scared to fail myself. And so that's something I'm trying to work on. But I mean, I think of little kids that I've taught in the past and that I will teach, like, for the most part, they're just willing to try anything and do anything. And I feel like as we get older, we kind of get nervous. Oh, what will people think? Or, oh, like Mm. if I mess up I'm gonna be embarrassed or it's gonna like you know everything's gonna fall apart but really we're here to make mistakes we're here to learn from them and to become better and Natalie you shared this quote the other day on Instagram and I keep thinking about it the one that's um Heavenly Father doesn't want us to change he wants us to become Mm. and I I keep thinking about that and I mean Anyways, I feel like I'm getting deep right now, but like our life, we're here to like, this is like a school of learning, you know, like Mm -hmm. we're here to grow and to become and like our schooling, like in elementary, middle school, high school, even college, university and our careers, like those are all preparing us and helping us. And like we, if we didn't, if we were already perfect, if we were already like knew everything, we wouldn't need to go to school. We wouldn't Mm -hmm. need to like learn these things but like they're so important and I know for myself like the things that have stuck with me the most is when I made little mistakes and I learned from them and so I think that that's I guess for me that is what makes a good learner someone who's willing to just go for it oh I love that um I can't remember which quote I posted but my dad gave me the book Atomic Habits and in the book was a piece of paper with two quotes on it. I think he was giving it to his priest quorum, but he gave one to me as well. And I screenshotted those two quotes and I think they tie into exactly what you were talking about. And I think learning and becoming could be almost synonymous. But this quote says, from such teachings, so it's, it's in a talk called The Challenge to Become from the year 2000. So it says, from final teachings, we conclude that the final judgment is not just an evaluation of a sum total of good and evil acts, what we have done. It is an acknowledgement of the final effect of our acts and thoughts, what we have become. 
It is not enough for anyone just to go through the motions. The commandments, ordinances, and covenants of the gospel are not a list of deposits required to be made in some heavenly account. The gospel of Jesus Christ is a plan that shows us how to become what our Heavenly Father desires us to become. So I know that's getting deeper on a spiritual level. And I know Hannah and I share the same faith. But I think with that quote, to make it more applicable, is, is that our learning is, is to help us figure it, it out, like to help us figure out our life and everything we do, every choice we make, all is adding coins to our learning bank. Whether they're hard ones where we fail or whether they're successful. I mean, I think about when you were describing what makes a good learner, you're, you mentioned something about like people saying they're not good at something. Like I know countless people who would be like, oh, I'm not good at math. I'm just, math isn't for me. My brain doesn't get math. And I think there, there's truth to that extent because I think of my stats class at BYU. I was like living in the stats lab and I still got to see, like, I don't know what it was about me trying to grasp those concepts. But I feel like if I really wanted to, and if that was something I wanted to make a greater space to learn how to do, I would have spent even more time in the stats lab and even more time trying to get my mind to understand the concepts. And I think some of that takes trying to figure out how to learn it in different ways. But for me, that was just a general I needed to get through to graduate. So I kind of passed and moved on. But I think about other things in my life that maybe I'm too scared to try and do and learn because I don't feel like I'm capable enough. Like sometimes I think about all my friends in law school or in med school. And I had my friend, he was studying for his um, first round of, I want to say the bar, but I know that's not right in med school. There's another term for like the exams you take um, each year. Boards, that's what they're called. And he showed me one of his questions and I just... I just like skimmed over it and was like reading it. And I was like, how do people learn this? Like it was, I mean, obviously it's with four years of an undergrad and so much prep to do med school, but just the things that people put their minds to, to learn and figure out it's, it's incredible. And what for me, it's hard to feel like I'm capable of learning those things. And then also for me, I feel like when I've failed so many times or when I feel like I'm not smart then like, oh, I'm not smart in that. I'm not even going to try. But what do you think can help people who might be feeling like me in being like you feel incapable of learning some things? That is a good question. (laughs) And I feel the same sometimes. I'm like, there's just some things I'll never be able to do or whatever. But I think um, like kind of how we were, I was saying like about the fake it till you make it like I had a math class um just this last semester where the professor said there's a lot of um students who they'll be like oh I'm not good at math or I'm not good at science and a lot of t- days we're like oh yeah that's fine like we just kind of dismiss it and are like just think oh yeah that's normal for people to feel like that but then if people are like oh I can't read we're like we got to do something about that you know what I mean Mm. and I mean literacy is obviously very important you gotta know how to read but um I think I need to work on that too and I don't know if I have an exact answer of like what to do when in that situation because I know for myself there's things I feel discouraged about or I'm not sure 
like if I am able to learn things and I guess the best thing you can do in that situation is just do your best in what you are good at mm. and keep like Play your strengths. On, yeah, your strengths. But then also like for example, <laughs> this summer I started doing disc golfing and I haven't really <laughs> done that before. But like I really wanted to learn like the technique and like the best way to do it and I've had to try different like little steps and have watched YouTube videos and gotten little pointers from people and that like I would have never thought that I would be like into that or good at that but like I just kind of pushed myself a little more to try and mm-hmm. I know for you, Nat, you're like a very motivated and determined person. Oh, so I feel I'm, like you I'm glad you can, can see that. <laughs> that you want to do. It's a it's facade. Like you, just, you just, I don't know. I feel like it is kind of like the fake it till you make it. Like, mm. I really think that, like, if you really want to do something and you just go for it and set goals, like, you will be able to do it. And it may take longer than other people or it may take extra work or effort, mm-hmm. but I mean, nothing's impossible, I guess. It's so much easier said than done. Yeah. But, well, thank you for that yeah. compliment, but I feel like I, I really am just faking it till I make it. And as you were talking, I had a thought pop into my head, actually two thoughts. One of them was, so I always talk to my dad about careers and learning, and he shares a lot of experiences from his life. And he is very profound. And I remember him telling me, or I think I was like dating a guy who wanted to go to med school. And I was talking to his experience of going to dental school and like how to be successful in dental school and stuff. And my dad believes himself not to be like the smartest man, but I I would disagree, but that's how he feels. And he always just told me, he was like, I didn't need to be the smartest one there, but I definitely was the one to work the hardest and to put in the time and I feel like that somehow how I have felt throughout my schooling is just that I feel like I have to do so much extra to try to learn and figure things out versus someone who could grasp it quicker but there are also some things that I don't have to think a lot about and a lot of those are more like I don't know, talking to people I can do that but <laughs> but like math problems or stats or different things come easier to some people and harder for some people. But when you have the mindset of, you know what, I'm going to do this and I'm going to put in the time and you, you really try, I think it can also like the first step to that is just telling yourself that you can do it or having an experience. Like let's say you haven't been able to figure out math problems. Then all of a sudden you figure out, figure it out, you draw a picture, you see it in a new light all of a sudden that thing you thought you could never learn could become your greatest asset and the the best thing you could have learned. And you realize there was a hidden talent in that. I think we all have hidden talents as we like learn and unlock different parts of our brains. We'll be realize we will realize just how capable we are of learning those things we thought we were bad at or the things that we thought we could never get better at, but it, it just takes a lot of sacrifice in time but before you even get to that step the first step is mentality and telling yourself okay I might not be good at math but I could be better at it 
soon. Like if I put in a few more hours, so it's like, I'm not good at it yet. And that is something my mission taught me. We would always talk about growth mindset and we'd always do a hashtag yet. And everything we said, we would just throw a yet onto it. Like, oh, I don't know how to conjugate verbs yet. Or I haven't memorized this yet. Or with literally anything you do, just put a yet at the end. And it makes it a more hopeful statement that goes along with also differentiating (laughs) the words want and need. Like when you're like, oh my gosh, I need to do this. I need to do this. I need to do this. Like I need to go fold the laundry on my bed. But if you change the word need to want, then it automatically boosts your motivation to, oh, I want to do this. I want to learn how to understand this. And from there, you're able to be in a mindset that will take you further and open your mind to learning new things. What are your thoughts, Ken? I love it. I think everything you said is amazing. And <laughs> I I can agree more. I feel like that growth mindset set is so crucial to life and to success. I mean, I'm sure that's like how most like professional athletes or um I don't know, people who are like are scientists for like NASA or yeah, whoever like that are that seems super successful, like celebrities and stuff like they've had to really probably tune into that. Like, OK, there's things I want to work on. And like in a gospel sense, like Heavenly Father doesn't expect us to be everything all at once. Like mm. that's why we have our whole lifetime to figure it out. Like and we have different gifts and talents that we're blessed with. And so we're not meant to know everything and to be good at everything. But I think as long as you put in the best effort you can and and strive to learn, I think that's really important. And I've seen definitely the um, in my own classrooms, like the kids who are willing to put in effort, you can just see how hard they're working to do what they can. Like I've seen them grow and progress so much. And it is kind of hard. I feel like at that young age, because a lot of it is outside influence, you know, from teachers or parents pushing them, you know, like you got to do your homework or you got to like do whatever. But yeah, I think that I guess this might turn into another tangent, but they can be a little short thing. But I was just gonna say, I think being good examples to others, like for your own kids or for your siblings, like, and helping them and encouraging them can help them be on that path to feeling successful and um, feeling like I am doing good, you know? Oh, amen. I am definitely a words of affirmation person. And I'm trying to work on that because I don't want to have to rely on people's words of approval, you know, to be confident. I think I've had a lot of fake confidence because I've relied on compliments too much. And I want I want to feel that within myself and be motivated and confident. But I think it is so huge to have people encouraging you and recogni- recognizing your efforts and, and helping you build knowledge. I dated a guy and it was it was good and bad in a lot of different ways and i've reflected on this many years but it was about like having things to work on and improve on and then finding a way to 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 help someone do that and it's hard when someone points out something you could work on 
but it's another thing when people like kind of, I mean, the Oreo method, I think works pretty well. You compliment someone, you give them something they could improve on, and then you compliment them again. You know, I, I don't know if that's been proven wrong lately. I haven't studied up on it, but I think it's helpful to just help someone feel confident. And also when you're confident, you, you could add that humility and then you're more willing to learn and be like, okay, I've, I've done this much. I can do a little more and I can make it better this way. And then another compliment kind of reassures you that you've done something great already and you can do more and be better. Like one thing me and that kid I dated worked on was my tennis and golf strokes and hits and just doing different drills over and over again. And and like you said, with your disc golf, like we went on YouTube and we watched videos and then doing drills. Like there's a reason in training and different things, people do the same thing over and over and over again. Or like in piano, you do the same scales over and over again because it translates into doing harder things and learning greater things. I think that's just like one of the foundations of learning is creating a foundation um, and building upon that. And then it really does take those those repetition routines. Sometimes it's hard to do the same thing over and over again. I think that's why I don't like doing my track workouts because it's running in circles again and again. Mm -hmm. But I know it makes my time faster and it gets me faster. So I do it. And it takes sacrifice, like you said. So what is your uplifting takeaway? I've just rattled a bunch. So let's hear from you. I love it. I'm just grateful to be here. (laughs) I guess my little takeaway would be. I feel like as we were talking, I just was like. Feeling like kind of thinking of things that I want to work on. So I guess my takeaway that is uplifting is especially because I'm about to start student student teaching tomorrow, which is I'm a little nervous and I know it's going to be hard, but I am excited to learn a lot and to grow in ways that I did not expect and um, to work on becoming the best teacher and person that I can be and that it's okay to make mistakes and I'm going to make mistakes and I welcome them. <laughs> so that is my little takeaway. Welcome mistakes. I need to remember that in my life too. I think it is so easy just to get to be hard on ourselves. And sometimes we don't think we are and we just do it unintentionally. But um, I think for me, we've talked about so many things. But I love, I think for me, the takeaway today is helping others feel successful and see their efforts. I think like some of my most favorite favorite experiences are when people recognize my effort because sometimes we just don't see it in ourselves as much. So when people recognize that in you, it just, it can make all the difference. I just think back to like my mission, like once this lady was like, like I didn't have to talk to her first. She came to me and she was like, my stop's the next one. She's like, but I just have to ask like, why are you glowing? And I was Aww. just like, oh my gosh, like here. Like she's like, do you have a pen and paper? And I'm like, you bet I do, you know, like pulling out all my stuff and like getting her number. And I called her later and she was like, yeah, I'm just so curious. Like, why are you so light, lightly? I don't know how that word translates Aww. over, but I don't know for me that just like lasted with me, my whole mission, you know, knowing that people recognize that and then being on my behavior of, of what I'm doing with that and what kind of example I'm being. So in being an example of your efforts, but also just pointing out to things what you notice and being like, wow, like you are really good at doing X, Y, and Z. And I think 
you probably do that with your students too, but it really does motivate you to be like, I can do this. I can do harder things. And then, yeah, I don't know. There's just so much with these, with these passions. We could talk for hours and hours, but I hope everyone who's listened today learned something or was reminded of something they had learned in the past. Um, any last words, McKenna? Um, just everyone be happy. You are loved and just, yeah, have a great day, everybody. <laughs> and if you ever want to see fun videos me and McKenna made when we were in Jerusalem together, you can message me on Instagram and I'll send you a fun video. We swam in the Dead Sea and she got the Dead Sea water in her mouth. <laughs> oh, and so it's a super funny video. Yeah, it is. It was so salty, but thank you everyone for listening. McKenna, thank you so much for sharing your passions. We're sending you all the best vibes with teaching tomorrow. And if you ever need someone to brighten your day, reach out to McKenna because I know without a doubt she will help you be happier because she is light and she's happiness. And I'm so happy we got a chat today. Love you, Ken. Bye, everyone. See you next week.